It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 22nd, 2013. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Dad, welcome back uh, from Vermont. Thank you. Great to be with you. I got to see part of the program last week from Vermont. Appreciate you guys uh, Doing a good job well, last week, uh, Anthony and Monty and Jeff helping out. Yes, and we're all glad that you're back. Good to be back. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you tonight on the program, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Also join in the chat room with other listeners on the program tonight. Speaking of back, Dan is back behind the controls. Dan, been a long time since you've been here, but uh, glad that you're here. Yes, I am glad to be here. Thank you, Jacob. All right, and uh, looking forward to our discussion tonight. Uh, a really an interesting, well, I don't know, this, this may be a dead topic tonight. <laughs> Maybe a dead topic. Yeah. Uh, it might be a play on words. We're going to talk about the state of the dead. Okay. Uh, you know, we get some questions about that from time to time. I think everybody has sort of a curiosity about... A, m- a morbid what, curiosity? <laughs> well, you're full of, oh, sorry. of uh, oh, sorry. puns tonight. Oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, there, I think there is some curiosity about yeah. what will it be like the moment you die. Right. You know, when, when you are... Uh, Dead by God's uh, standard. By the way, I think the biblical definition of death is when the soul departs the body. Right. What happens at that moment? What will we see or do or know? What will we, what will we experience? Obviously, we haven't had a chance to uh, have a personal interview with some people who've gone beyond. You know, gone yeah. to the gone gone to the other side, as they say, or passed over. Uh, uh, so we're really dependent upon Bible information, but I think the Bible does give us some really good and thorough information about the state of the dead, where we will be. Now, what all that experience will be like when we actually see it for ourselves, we can't we can't describe that fully, but we can tell you what to expect as to what will happen, where we, what would you might expect to do or be uh, when when this life is over. Now we do we don't think we can interview anybody who has been uh, has died and has come back. There are people who say they have, even those who live today. I think mean, there's a popular book out right now, but by a young man who thinks who says yeah. that he died and came back. I forget. We talked about that. Yeah, you know, we had it. We, we had a uh, an episode of the Virtual Bible Study. It's still in our archives. If anybody's interested in it, we talked about near death experiences. Yes. Yes. Which I don't believe in. I don't. I don't think that there right. are any legitimate de- near-death experiences right. where people see what it's actually like, you know, in the spirit realm. Now, th- there are some experiences that that are common to people who have, you know, episodes where maybe they uh, they stop breathing, their heart, their heart stops beating, and so forth. Yes. In that program, we actually gave some physiological explanations as to how that might be. You know, and, and everybody has them. Atheists have the same experience as people who profess to be Christians, right. who have the same experience as people who profess to be Muslims or Buddhists or anything else. Uh, and so I think that there's a physiological explanation probably for some of that. Some of that's unknown. 
But the only true and legitimate information we could come by is what we find in the scriptures. All right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. I would say that those who claim to have been dead and come back, I think that would be a violation of Hebrews 9, verse 27, where we're told that we're appointed men once to die, and after this the judgment. If you die, go to heaven or hell and come back, and then you die again, well, that's two deaths, and I think that would be a contradiction violation of Hebrews 9, 27. Yeah, but somebody might quibble that in the Bible there were exceptions to that, too. There were exceptions to that, yes. Yeah, uh, uh, right. But the, the general rule is yeah. once to die and okay. after this the okay. judgment. And yeah. and in, in the absence of miracle working power, that's right. in those instances, biblical right. instances of people who were brought back from the dead, that involved miracle working power. We don't think that's available to us today. Therefore, I, I would say that I think it's, it's without exception in our time wants to die and after this the judgment all right uh, that that book i think that we were talking about the, the, the boy says he's gone to heaven and come back heaven is real remember that the, yeah the, 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 yeah the, and that know. may be you know that may have been what sparked our conversation back uh, some time ago when we had a program on that well let's talk about death then and you sent out some questions earlier today on the subject yeah to our update list earlier today we sent out these questions remember always if you're not getting our updates send us an email questions at collegeview.com put add me to the list uh in your email and we will uh, we said we're going to talk about the state of the dead, and here are the questions that we suggested for discussion. Number okay. one, list the potential spiritual states that a person might be in while alive on earth. Spiritual states, you could be in alive on earth. Okay. All right, and then question two, what will happen to those who are righteous when they die? Okay. What will happen to the wicked when they die? And can their spiritual status be changed after death? A lot of people say it can. We'll talk about that. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan was talking to us about that just before the program started. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, what confusion is ca- uh, excuse me, much confusion is caused by the King James Version and its use of the word hell, which it uses for three different words in the original text. In other words, there are three different words in the original text, and the King James translators used hell in translating all three of them, yes. and, it, and it really does cause confusion yes. because it's not a good translation. Yes, uh, you know, to our to our folks who believe that the King James is the be all and end all of English translations, we would say, how come they didn't do better on that? You know, if it's if it's such a flawless translation, so perfect. I, I mean, I like the King James; I use it almost exclusively. But I'm not here to defend it as you know the, some kind of inspired translation. Yeah. And it miss. Here's an example where I think King James translators missed it badly yeah. uh, in the matter of translating okay. uh, hell. The three words we want to talk about: Hades, Tartarus, and Gehenna. Okay. And then finally, number four: What will happen when the Lord returns in final judgment? Because that's going to affect both those who are currently living when He returns. And those who have died before. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. The chat room is open to the right of your video window. If you're watching us on the live feed denied. And Timothy is in the chat room. And he throws in uh, Luke 23, verse 43, where Jesus gives uh, a statement to the thief on the cross who had faith. Uh, speaking of paradise. And that, no doubt, will come up in our discussion as we go along. Yeah, we're going to talk about paradise. We're going to talk about where Jesus went, where the thief on the cross went. We believe Jesus uh, went to, well, the, new, the King James Version says he went to hell. Yeah. Did he go to hell? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about Hang that. Hang on to that. Let's okay. talk about first, and we've got some charts we're going to try to put up, uh, and Dan's going to try to work with us. Dan, we may want to go back and forth from those charts as, as we get a chance. Uh, and, by the way, when you see these charts, if you want a copy of them, I can send them to you as a PDF if you just send an email the questions at collegeview.com and say, send me those charts. You can do PDF? We can do PDF. You do? Wow, you're yeah. getting good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody can do that. Oh, okay. Okay. 
so first of all, let's talk about what things are like here on Earth. Dan, let's look at that first slide. Uh, I scanned in this chart. I am not the originator of this chart. There are several like it. I imagine many of our listeners have probably seen some of them. Yes. Uh, I think this has been on some bed sheets way back in the day. It may have been. I mean, it's yeah. an old, old yeah. concept of sort of graphically describing the state of man right. and mm-hmm. what happens when we die. Mm-hmm. But notice we are born into the kingdom of nature. Uh, in other words, we come into this world by birth, but then because we sin, we come under the power of darkness. If you look at that chart, there's a stairway leading down, and yep. it has the letters L, C, S, D, and it references James chapter 1, verses 13 through Dan's, 18. Dan's working on getting that chart bigger, aren't you, Dan? That's hard to read. Go ahead. Uh, what that's suggesting is lust conceives sin and it brings forth sin and sin produces spiritual death. That's the that's the descent into the power of darkness. But then you see a stairway leading out of that power of darkness that says F R C B. That stands for faith, repentance, confession, and baptism. Now, what happens when that that is what we describe as the New Testament oh, plan of he's salvation. Getting, he's getting there now. He's getting his big. Oh, yeah, oh, he's zoomed. Zoomed in. We're okay. zoomed. Go. You, you see, you see no, that. You're good. You see that stairway yeah. leading out of that. That's what Paul wrote about in Colossians chapter one verse thirteen when he said, "God hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translate, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son." Mm-hmm. So uh, we're born into this world when we sin. We come under the power of darkness. We're in, we're in, we're we're lost sinners, but we can we can get out of that mm-hmm. by obeying the gospel. God made a plan of salvation available to us, empowering it with the blood of His own Son Jesus, right. and so we can be brought into the kingdom of Christ. Yes. Now, once we come into the kingdom of Christ, there's still things to do, growth to accomplish, and you see another stairway there, and uh, what. What those steps represent are the so-called Christian virtues that are are identified in Second Peter chapter one verses five through seven. We're supposed to grow in Christ. Yes. So uh, we ask, what might be the state of man while alive here on earth? That chart actually describes three places you might be. One is that you might be an innocent person born into this world, but not yet a sinner. Because you're not accountable. Mm -hmm. That might be a a child who hasn't reached uh, an age to be accountable. It might be a person who has some mental mental handicap and never becomes accountable. Those people, we would say, are safe. Mm -hmm. Then there are people who are under the power of darkness, people who are lost in sin. So there are people who are safe. There are people who are lost in sin. There are people who are saved, who obeyed the gospel. Uh, so one of those three states, I think, describes every person. Yes. Now, the one caveat that we would have to ex- explain is that you can fall by unfaithfulness. You can you can fall from God's grace. You can leave that kingdom of Christ and be lost. Well, you, you can be lost even though you were in the kingdom of Christ. Maybe that's why we should say it. I think yeah. I think once you once you are a Christian, you're a Christian, but you can be lost as a Christian. Yes. And we're going to talk about where those things would lead to later on. But those are the three states of man while here on earth. Let's look at real quickly at what our emailers had to say in response to that question. Randy in Swartz Creek, Michigan answers uh, concerning the states of man on earth. He says, there are those who I call the walking dead. A person may be physically alive, but spiritually they're dead. We read of this in Colossians 2.13. You being dead in sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. 
he describes there. Uh, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, he has made you alive who were once dead in trespasses and sin. Death is separation. Therefore, if one is separated from God because of their sins, they are spiritually dead. As I said above, they are the walking dead. I think that's a good description of those who are not right with God. That's one of those states that we just described. Good to hear from Randy. Randy stopped by and visited with us not too long ago. And Chris in Atlanta stopped by and visited with us last Sunday evening. And he sends in his responses, either they're spiritually dead, Ephesians 1 and 2, or spiritually alive, Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. Thank you, Chris. All right. And Ramona in Texas said... Uh, uh, what are the potential states that a person might be in while alive on earth? The physical me dies when I die. Uh, she mentions Genesis 3, 6, verse 3. Genesis 6, verse 3. Um, the spiritual me is animated just for this life. Uh, and then she says the the soul of me uh, has can have eternal life. And she gives some passages okay. for the I think she's she's suggesting a difference between the spiritual me and the soul me or the eternal me. Uh, And that word spirit and soul is used interchangeably. Sometimes the word spirit just means the the, the life Life. force within a body. Mm -hmm. An animal has has a life force. Mm -hmm. Living things have a life force. Sometimes that's referred to as spirit. But we're talking about just sort of the dual nature of man, physical and spiritual. Uh, but I think Ramona is, is, is right in what she said. And Jim says uh, two states. The first is spiritually dead, as in Matthew 8.22, dead because of sin. The second would be spiritually alive, as in what is discussed in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. Those who were dead are now alive in Christ. Okay. I think those are right. I would add just that third state. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily encompass a whole lot of people, but I think there are those who are dead in sin who are saved from sin through obeying the gospel. Those are two states, spiritually spiritually dead or spiritually alive. I think there are those who are safe because they're not accountable for sins that they may have committed. Okay. All right. Uh, what do we got? we got to submit maybe look real quickly in the uh, in the chat room. Uh, Tim has a question. Timothy has a question about those who would die uh, prior to uh, their ability to sin, commit sin, and where where would they be? He mentions a child who died, and yes. I'm sorry to hear he, he lost a child 27 days old. He says, where would you say that he is, in heaven, hell, Hades, or paradise? I think he's in Hades. I think he's in paradise. Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, that. And we'll talk about that when, yep. we, when we get to that. Okay. Uh, right. Go ahead. All right. And, uh, well, Patrick uh, mentions that uh, he believes he may be in heaven, uh, that the Catholic Church, as Patrick is a Catholic, says that the Catholic Church has never taught that unbaptized children go to hell. Well, that's interesting. And, and Timothy asked him, what about the uh, idea of inherited sin? And uh, we'll talk about that, no doubt, with pa- uh, Patrick's response uh, as we go along. Should we take a yeah. break? Yeah, yeah. Uh, John and Patrick mentioned, John in Oklahoma says the Ustream uh, feed uh, doesn't have the charts. And that's right. John... We don't have your technical expertise. We're not as tech-savvy as you are. We are low-tech. Yeah, the Ustream feed is one still camera taking a shot there, and it's not – it doesn't uh, – the view doesn't change, and we can't get the charts there the way we're doing it right now, John. i got to do some work on that. Uh, so, uh, anyway, and Patrick says he has to turn off the Ustream video audio feed because the audio on it is horrible. So I don't know. But John says his is okay. All right. All right. And Jill can't see the video. Count your blessings, Jill, and we'll be back right after this. 
Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. You will never win if you never begin. Failing to plan means planning to fail. What are your goals? One father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. Great deeds need no trumpet. A good home must be made, not bought. The secret of success is constancy to purpose. In order to realize the worth of the anchor, one must feel the stress of the storm. If you ever see a counterfeit dollar, are you going to throw away all your good dollars? Why then would one want to reject Christianity because they are hypocrites or counterfeit Christians? Man, wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, what happens after this life is over. And we've we've established that there are several positions you can be in or three positions you can be in uh, while you're here on this earth. What happens when we're dead and uh, what where do we where do we go after that? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. All right. So... Uh, we go to the second question that we suggested needs to be discussed, and that is, what will happen then? We talked about what are the states of man while alive on earth. When they die, what happens to the righteous and the wicked? Well, that let's, let's look at that chart. Let's look at that chart extended. Let's get the whole of it now. We talked about things on earth, and now we want to talk about how things are at death. Notice that out of the kingdom of Christ, his church, those who are saved, the faithful, when they die, uh, receive uh, they're promised a reward. Revelation 2, verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. Revelation 2, verse 10 says, So they're promised a blessing after death. We believe that they will go to Hades. Now, some people might be alarmed to say, you mean a good person goes to Hades? Because yeah. a lot of people have the sort of the, the idea, Jacob, that Hades is a bad place. Yes. And it sounds bad. It does know? sort of uh, sound. In yeah. fact, you you hear people even uh, uh, maybe misuse the term that someone might burn in Hades. Yeah, right. Well, not necessarily so. Right. Uh, because Hades is simply the realm of departed spirits. Um, if, if you, and we're going to look at some passages here that teach more about it, but if you wanted to sort of get a picture of it, it's sort of like a place where. Remember, we said when you die, uh-huh. your spirit or soul departs from your body. Right. So the body goes returns to the earth. You bury you bury the physical body, but the soul of man goes to the Hadean world. It's a place of departed spirits where they wait in anticipation of the resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, where their where their their soul will be reunited with a resurrect with their resurrected body. And then we'll talk about what happens from there. But Hades is not necessarily bad. It can be bad. But the word Hades, per se, simply means that realm of departed spirits. Now, there's a good part of Hades, and that place is called paradise. Mm-hmm. Remember, Jesus said to the thief on the cross in Luke 16, or Luke, uh, Luke 23, rather, Luke 23, verse 43, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. When Jesus died, he went to paradise. Yes. And the thief on the cross 
was there in Paradise as well. So Paradise isn't uh, isn't necessarily it's, it's a bad in ha- place. It's, it's a good place. I mean, ha- Hades isn't necessarily a bad place. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hades is not all bad. It's yes. got a good place in it yes. known as Paradise. Yes. When Jesus told the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, well, I've got to be careful about that. Some people will quibble with me, I, 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 and I probably quibble with myself. I don't think that's necessarily a parable. When yes. Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus, yes. Uh, I'm I'm not convinced that's a parable. If it's a parable, it's different from any yes, other parable is. ever he ever told. Yes. But when Jesus but it does, told, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. But yeah. but, but yeah. when he told, let's just say it this way: when Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus, he said the when Lazarus died, he went to Abraham's bosom. So those terms would be synonymous: paradise and Abraham's bosom. It's a place of comfort in Hades, where mm-hmm. the soul goes to await the resurrection. Yes. Okay. So the saved, those who die as saved persons, Mm -hmm. the faithful, would go to paradise. Mm -hmm. Also, that that subgroup that we talked about, those who are safe, those who who were never accountable, who never who never sinned, who were accountable for sin, like maybe infants who die, maybe like in the chat room where Timothy mentioned a, a, a young infant child who died. Yes, those who were safe would go to Abraham's bosom Mm -hmm. too as well. So, so two groups would go to Abraham's bosom. Now, in in Hades, there is another place as well, and it's called torment. In Luke sixteen verse twenty three, when Jesus told about the rich man in that story of the rich man and Lazarus, when Jesus told about the rich man, it said he went to a place of torment. It was so bad there that he begged that Lazarus could be sent down there just to put one drop of cool water on his tongue. He said he was tormented in the flame. Yes. And so it's it's a horrible place of suffering. Now, uh, we believe that those who die in sin, who've never obeyed the gospel plan of salvation, who've never taken advantage of the shed blood of Christ for the, for the cleansing of their sins, they go to that place of torment. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8, it speaks of the Lord coming in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those who do not obey the gospel will be sent to that, sent to that place of torment. Okay. Now, they're not the only ones. If you look at that chart, you notice that those who were in the kingdom of Christ but were not faithful will also be cast into that place. Okay. When Jesus told of such judgments as in Matthew 13, verses 40 through 43, he suggested that even out of the kingdom, some would be taken out and be cast into outer darkness. Uh, so okay. uh, even from those in the kingdom, if they've not been faithful, they'll find themselves in torment. Mm-hmm. Lost sinners who never obeyed the gospel will go there. Okay. So uh, here's sort of a graphic, if you look at that chart, sort of a graphic description or illustration of what happens at death. Yes. All right. And Timothy asked a question. So there's a great gulf between the place of torment and place and paradise in Hades. Yeah, that was the last part of question two. Can their spiritual status be changed after death? Let's go to Luke 16. While you're going there, I'd like to ask Patrick uh, to, about the, uh, the the doctrine of purgatory that the Catholic Church believes in. And uh, Patrick is a Catholic. And Patrick. Uh, can you explain uh, the scriptural basis for that uh, that belief? I've, that always has puzzled me, and maybe you can help me understand uh, what, what how you believe the scriptures teach an idea of purgatory. Okay, maybe he, maybe Pedro get in there and and, uh, and the follow up question is the doctrine of limbo. 
that's the, that's where uh, people go who uh, I believe that that uh, if I'm not if I understand it correctly, that's where the they believe young children would go who have not been baptized. Doctor, that's the you just don't know where they are. They're in limbo. Okay. So maybe you could explain that, Patrick. Yeah, maybe so because because. We don't accept the notion of purgatory. I don't believe it's taught in the Bible. Right. And actually, the here when Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, he taught that their state was unchangeable. In other words, their destiny was sealed. Their, their, their eternity was determined and couldn't be changed. In Luke chapter 16, uh, it says... Uh, In verse 22, it came to pass that the beggar died, talking about Lazarus, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, again, we think Abraham's bosom is in Hades. It's the same place Jesus called paradise. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, that's a bad translation in the King James. We're going to talk about that in a minute. In the King James, it says, in hell he lifted up his eyes. It should read, in Hades, Mm -hmm. he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, I mean uh, Abraham, rather Abraham, explained to the rich man, "We can't come. We can't come down there to assist you. You can't come up here to us. There's this great gulf between, and it's not passable. It's an impassable gulf. You can't go from one state to the other. Now, notice, all were in Hades. Yes, Abraham was in Hades. Lazarus yeah. was in Hades. Jesus and the and the thief on the cross were in Hades. Mm-hmm. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, his spirit came back. His soul came back from." Hades reunited with his physical body, and he was resurrected alive again. His yeah. his soul and body were joined together, and he was alive again. Yes. He, he, was, he was resurrected. His soul came out of Hades. Mm. Uh, Our souls will come out of Hades. In the resurrection. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But notice... The rich man was in tor- he was the rich man was in torment uh, was in Hades too but he was in a place of torment and suffering okay all right all right by the way he's not the only one who is in that torment look in uh, uh, some of those other passages that you see there on the chart in second Peter chapter 2 beginning verse 4 it says God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to Hell, the King James says it should be Hades, mm-hmm. and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into darkness. Um, and so the, 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 the angels that sinned are in, uh, in that place as well. Jude, verse 6, says the angels which kept not their first state but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains, reserved under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Right. And so... Uh, in other words, this place of torment in Hades is a place where those awaiting eternal it's, punishment are being it's held. It's prejudgment, it says yeah. there. Uh, and Psalm 9, verse 17, the other passage you had listed there, um, it says, uh, The wicked shall be turned into hell or Hades, and all nations that uh, forget God. Uh, the Greek word actually, or the Hebrew word there is actually Sheol, but uh, the parallel would be Hades. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, well, uh, how are we doing on time? We've yeah, got, we got. We take a break. We, we, just made, we see anything in the chat room we need to get to? Um, 
Well, Patrick has sent a link uh, to on, on Limbo, the article about Limbo there. So uh, we might want to look at that. Um, and Patrick, uh, if you have a chance for the scriptural uh, basis for the idea of purgatory, help us understand that. Or better yet, you could call and explain that to us. Uh, just to give us an understanding of how you how you think the scriptures teach uh, the idea of, of, of purgatory. Like to be interested to hear that. And, and notice that the uh, I notice that Kevin in the chat room uh, gives a verse showing the the innocence of children. Matthew eighteen three, Jesus said, "Verily I say to you, except you be converted and become." As little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so uh, the idea that uh, innocent children are in a safe position would be guaranteed by that verse. And Patrick says, uh, but in short, that limbo exists is not disputed. That's where Abraham was. It is the same place referred to in Scripture as Abraham's bosom. The question is, who, if anyone, is there now? Okay. Okay, well, I, I didn't know. About, I don't. I, I, it's not called limbo in scripture, so I. Yeah, I didn't know that that was the, the that they. That, that's what they think is limbo. That's where I think a, a, a child would be, would be in Abraham's bosom now, awaiting the final resurrection and yeah, judgment. Right. We do believe that Hades still exists and that there are still souls in there. We have scriptures that will prove that, and we'll talk about that as we go on in the program. We'll take a break, get this week's bullet point, and get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Here's some quotes worth pondering. You will never win if you never begin. Failing to plan means planning to fail. What are your goals? One father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. Great deeds need no trumpet. A good home must be made, not bought. The secret of success is constancy to purpose. In order to realize the worth of the anchor, one must feel the stress of the storm. If you ever see a counterfeit dollar, are you going to throw away all your good dollars? Why then would one want to reject Christianity because they are hypocrites or counterfeit Christians? Man, wish I'd said that. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. We remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find archived editions of the virtual Bible study from the last eight years. A wide variety of subjects. Check them out there at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to come and worship with the College U Church of Christ. Find out more about our meeting place and times and locations at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You can do what Chris did from Atlanta, showed up uh, last Sunday night, and it was good to meet him finally. Uh, And uh, we'd like to meet you as well. If you're ever in the Columbia, Tennessee area, stop by and visit with us. Talking about uh, what happens after we die on the program tonight. Okay. Um, The number is 877-381-4567. Okay. All right. We're looking forward to hearing from you. All right. All right. Let's go to the next part of our, because this is all tied in together. The third question we ask has to do with what I think is one of the big flaws of the King James Version, the translation of the Bible, and that is it really mistranslates hell. It uses hell uh, when it it shouldn't. The the English word hell is, is translated the the word hell the King James version found 23 times in the New Testament, uh, but it's actually there are actually three different Greek words that are translated Hades, Tartarus, and Gehenna. So let's walk through that, Jacob. We ask, uh, uh, well, uh, 
to our update list yeah. to, to work on those definitions. And let, let's see what we can do with that. First of all, let's talk about Hades. Yes. Hades is the general abode of the spirits of the dead. Remember we said the body goes to the grave, the soul goes to Hades. The, the equivalent Old Testament word is Sheol. Within Hades, there are two places, one a place of punishment and the other a place of comfort. Uh, look at some places where the King James mistranslates that. Go to Acts chapter 2, for instance. In Acts chapter 2, when the apostle Peter was talking about preaching about Jesus on the day of Pentecost, he said, David speaketh concerning him. This is Acts 2, beginning verse 25. David speaketh concerning him. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to see corruption. It should be Hades. It's talking about his Jesus. It's talking about his soul and his body there yeah, in that yeah. passage. He says his body wouldn't see corruption, but it, and his soul would not be left not in hell, but in Hades. It should be translated Hades. Jesus went to Hades. Yeah. He went to paradise in Hades. Right. He went there, that's where he went, with, and he said the thief of the cross would be there with him, yes. remember. Uh, he says, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Jesus to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in, King James says, hell. It should be Hades. His yeah. soul was not left in Hades. Neither did his flesh see corruption. All right. So th- there's a great example of how the King James just messes that all up. And it even has generated, Jacob, a false sort of theory or that people believe that Jesus actually went to burning hell in those three days while his body was in the grave. Jesus was not in hell. He was in Hades, and he was in paradise in Hades. Well, that's true, because in Luke 23, verse 43, as Timothy referenced earlier, Jesus told the uh, one, one of the thieves that they would be to, with him today in paradise. Now, if Jesus was in the burning part of hell, then how could he tell the thief that he would be with him today in paradise? The, be- the very best view of Hades is the one we already read, Jacob, from Luke chapter 16, in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Yes. That's the very best place. But the King James has it wrong. When it says there in Luke chapter 16 uh, at verse 23 about the rich man in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. That's the wrong word. That's the wrong word. King James should have said in Hades, he he lifted up his eyes being in torments. Uh, notice, he, he as, as you read on, I won't take time to read that again, but the rich man said, I am tormented in this flame. Uh, Abraham said about Lazarus, he is comforted, mm-hmm. uh, but thou, rich man, art tormented. So in hate, that, that uh, by far and away, the very best description of, I think the best description of all in the Bible concerning what happens when we die, Luke 16, uh, beginning verse 22, the rich man and Lazarus. That's what happens when you die. You're yes, going, yes. When you die, your soul is going to depart your physical body. Your physical yes. body is going to be buried in the earth and yes. will we'll see corruption. Right. But your soul is preserved. Your soul will go on eternally. Right. And and as as souls await the resurrection and final judgment, they right. are in Hades. Right. Either in paradise or comfort in Hades, Abraham's bosom, or in torment. In Abraham's bosom, or in torment in Hades as well. Right. By the way, uh, there's one word that 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 comes to play right there, um, and that is the word Tartarus. 
uh, and that's a word that's used for that. Uh, uh, it's found only one time in the New Testament. It denotes the area of Hades, which in which evil men and rebellious angels are held in punishment, awaiting final judgment. Uh, you see that uh, in Second Peter chapter two, verse four: God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to King James says hell. Uh-huh. It should, the word is Tartarus. Yes. Uh, they were cast down to Tartarus. They were cast down to torment and delivered into chains of darkness to be reserved unto the, the judgment. Um, the, the New American Standard there in, it says in Second Peter 2, verse 9, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Okay. Notice they're kept under punishment until the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. But... But the, this is this is sort of a unique word, only used once in the New Testament, Tartarus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's in Second Peter 2, verse 4. King James, again, uses the word hell there, yes. and it's a mistranslation. Yes. Tartarus is that place of torment in the Hadean world. Okay. All right, we All got right. that? So you've got Hades and Tartarus out of the way. All right. Um, now, it will end at the final judgment, and uh, Revelation chapter 20 helps us to understand that. Yeah, read that. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 through 15, showing us that this this Hades is not really uh, synonymous with hell. Right, because um, in John 20, uh, in uh, Revelation 20, John is basically seeing what's going to happen. What's going to happen at the judgment. Revelation 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell. King James says hell delivered up the should dead. Should be Hades. Death and Hades delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and it says hell, but that's really should Hades. Hades. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. So Hades is destroyed at well, the well, second coming, well, at the final resurrection and judgment. Yeah. Well, it won't be a need for Hades anymore. The dead, the, the spirits come out of Hades. And then Hades is destroyed. Yeah. Okay. All right. right. Revelation so, twenty twelve and fifteen. So 15. again, Hades gives up its dead. Uh, it's the place where they've been awaiting final judgment, and then there's no need for that place anymore. And so it also is destroyed, destroyed after the final judgment. Right. Okay. All right. So again, we've got we've got Hades. Hades. I don't think we can overemphasize this. Hades is just that realm of departed spirits. It's where spirits or souls go to await the resurrection final judgment. In it are two places, a place of comfort known as paradise or Abraham's bosom. There's also a place called torment. Uh, the word Tartarus applies to that place. And those who are lost go there to await resurrection and judgment. There's a great gulf between. You can't pass from one state to the other. Once you're dead, your fate is sealed, eternally uh, finished. Okay. Now, before we go to the last word, the last word we want to define is Gehenna, Jacob. But let's get some of our emails. Well, they they, they are in agreement with us. Uh, Ramona says uh, the righteous go to Abraham's bosom paradise where they're in care and keeping of the Lord. See definition of, of uh, Hades in number three. Uh, the wicked go to torment, uh, Tartarus. And uh, and uh, then uh, she goes ahead and gives us the definitions. Hades is the indeterminate uh, picture of Sheol, and it is uh, in its Greek translation. Hades allows varying interpretations by Intertestamental Jews, Ephesians 1, verses 20 through 23, Hebrews 2, verse 4, 2 Timothy 1, 10, Romans 14, verse 9. Uh, this is the place of the departed spirits, the unseen realm. It is referred to as Sheol in the Old Testament. Uh, she references Luke 16. 
Um, Hades is a place of spirits of both the righteous and the wicked. Uh, and uh, our spirits are conscious and aware in Hades, she says. We are either comforted or tormented. And this is not a permanent place. She references Revelation chapter 20. Again, Hades will hold the dead until Christ returns. Uh, Tartarus, she says, is the lowest, lowest region of the world, as far below earth as earth is from heaven. All right. Uh, Thank you for that. Randy in Michigan says... And he doesn't have a definition. Well, no, he doesn't have a definition, but he says the righteous, when they die, go to uh, a place of comfort. He mentions Abraham's bosom, Luke sixteen twenty-two. The dead, when they die... Uh, goes to and he, again referencing Luke 16, which was is, is great information. He goes to Hades and torment, and then he says their state cannot be changed because of that great gulf fixed. And Jim in Kentucky says the realm Hades is the realm of or region of departed spirits, the realm of the unseen. Tartarus, a pit of darkness, especially reserved for angels which rebelled. Second Peter 2 verse 4. All right, thank you for Tartarus. Jim, make, Jim makes a distinction there, and it may, and he may be right about that. That Tartarus specifically is a place where the, the rebellious angels are held, and and it may not be synonymous with the torment part of Hades, and, possibly. And Jim's comment does bring up a fact that we should have mentioned at the beginning that we're talking about a subject that we don't have all the answers to. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we've got a limited revelation of what God has chosen to tell us about what happens after we're dead, and we—he hasn't explained everything to us. Yeah, but but I think we've got we've some got insights to get an that, idea. that, that yeah. answers some of our questions yeah, about right. what happens when but, we die. But we can't answer all the questions. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. Um, there, the other word that we've got to get to is the word Gehenna, and Chris in his email says Gehenna was a refuge pit outside Jerusalem that was constantly burning. It's used to refer to eternal torment for the unsaved. Uh, I, I think that is right. The word Gehenna, the, is the, the New Testament word Gehenna, is a transliteration of the Hebrew expression Valley of Hinnom. Yes. Gehenna. Yes. It will be the final abode of resurrected bodies and souls of the wicked. Now, now, does the fact that it is uh, referencing a physical place, does that do anything to um, discredit the idea of an eternal health? A lot of people make uh, make a deal out of that. Well, I, I don't think so. Uh, that, that Valley of Hinnom, uh, from which we get the translated word Gehenna, yes. uh, that's where pagans sacrificed their children to the idol Molech. You know, in the Old yes. Testament, we read about Molech. And they made the children pass through the fire. Yes. In other words, they were actually doing human sacrifices mm-hmm. of their own children to the idol Molech. Mm-hmm. That was in this Valley of Hinnom. It became a garbage dump mm-hmm. when the city of Jerusalem was built there. Right. Uh, and it, the fires were always burning there. It was mm-hmm. a place of continual fires and burning. And so symbolically, it suggested this horrible place okay. where souls will go for eternal punishment. Right. And okay. so uh, sort of a... It drew from something that the people would be familiar with to describe an awful place in the eternal state. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Um, uh, We need to take a break. And when we get uh, back, we want to talk some more about uh, this as we go on and talk about can can these uh, conditions, can these places be changed. We've talked about that. We've talked about the names. And then we get to uh, some more discussion about um, uh, what happens when the Lord returns. And I want to study during the break. Patrick has given three verses he believes uh, show uh, that uh, purgatory exists. I want to look at those. 
And Patrick says, uh, we're in much, actually, we're in much agreement. You and Catholics agree that the righteous all went to Abraham's bosom before Jesus' ascension. Where we differ is that Catholic, the Catholic Church teaches that the righteous now go to heaven because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he opened up the way for righteous to enter. Okay, we want to talk about the final judgment. I, th- I would differ about let's, let's that a little bit. Let's talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about that. And I want to look at this idea of purgatory, too. So uh, don't go anywhere. We've got lots to talk about right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Lane Crawford, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you've never visited with the College View Church of Christ, you may be wondering what our worship services are like. One thing we have at every worship service is music. We believe God has commanded that music be a part of our worship. But something you may notice about our worship is that the music we have in our worship is different than the music used by many in the religious world today. The music we worship God with is strictly vocal. We don't believe God has commanded us to worship Him with instrumental music. Therefore, since we want God to approve of the worship we offer Him, we only worship in the way that He has specified. In Colossians 3.16, God instructs, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Instructions like this in which only vocal music is commanded are the only instructions we can find in the New Testament. Since God didn't tell us that he wanted us to worship him with instrumental music, how can we be sure that he wants that kind of worship? We do know that if we worship God like he prescribed with vocal music, that he'll be happy with that kind of worship. We hope you'll make plans to visit with the College of Church of Christ to learn more about what our worship is like. We'd love to have you join us in worship of our Creator this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Young couples are more likely to buy a house together before they take their wedding vows than their parents and grandparents were, according to a new Caldwell Banker real estate survey. Almost a quarter of married homeowners aged 18 to 34 bought a home together before they were married. That's compared to 14% of those aged 45 and older. That information is via the Religion News Service. The Word of God says in Galatians 5, beginning verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, and things such as these, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight, talking about what happens after we die, and we look forward to hearing from you as we go to the top of the hour. And uh, we reviewed some of those passages that... Uh, that Patrick sent in during the break, and uh, that would make a good topic of discussion maybe in a future edition. Yeah, i tell you what we'll do, Patrick. We're going to save those verses that you suggested uh, that might uh, imply purgatory, and we're going to put that in our stack of stuff for a future consideration. Let's do that. Um, I, I think we'll get sidetracked from our discussion if we go okay. off in that. And okay. We just got a few minutes left here, so okay. we want to stay on track. But thank you, Patrick, for providing those, and yep. uh, we'll, we'll review them. Okay. Um, we talked about Gehenna. That that is the place that people refer to as hell. That is hell, and that should be properly translated as hell. Now, what happens then? The, the final question we asked yes. was, what happens in the final judgment? Okay. Uh, what will happen when the Lord returns in final judgment? Mm-hmm. Well, we believe that in the final judgment, the souls that are being currently held in Hades will be brought forth and reunited with their physical bodies in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And there will be a final judgment. Jesus spoke of this, for instance, in John chapter 5, in verse 28. He said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good into the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil into the resurrection of damnation. So notice, 
in a single hour, okay. all that are in the graves shall come forth. Yes. Uh, and then there will be the final judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chris in his email mentioned it's not going to be the thousand year. When Jesus comes back, it's not going to be the thousand year reign. Right. You know, the, the, one of the problems with premillennialism is that premillennialists have the righteous dead resurrected at the start or even seven years before the start of the millennial kingdom on earth. They don't have the wicked dead resurrected until the end of the thousand years. Mm. They, got them, they got them over a thousand years separating the resurrection of the, of the righteous and the wicked. Jesus in John chapter 5 said it will all happen within an hour. At the, in other words, at the same time, yes. all that are in the graves will come forth. Okay. There will be a resurrection. The physical bodies will be reunited with the souls, and final judgment will be held. Now, a lot of questions about that, Jacob. You said we don't know all about it, but how is that going to be possible? For instance, here's a guy that was... Uh, he, he fell off a ship and was eaten by a shark. Well, Revelation... How in the world are they going to get a body for this guy? His body was eaten by a shark. Well, Revelation 20 says the sea is going to give up the dead. Oh, the sea will give up the dead. Yeah. In other words, it's going to be a miraculous thing. You know, we, we don't have to worry about how... Here's a guy who was burned. His house burned up, and he was burned. He was completely burned. I mean, his body... Smithereens. Just burned up. Yeah. How, how is he going to be resurrected? Well, it's, it's yeah. going to be a miraculous thing. You know, we yeah. don't have to... We don't have to Figure it out from a right. naturalistic standpoint. It'll be a miraculous resurrection okay. of the dead and and a standing in judgment. Then, when when that when that judgment takes place, uh, the righteous will be will be given heaven or eternity, and the wicked will be sent to eternal punishment. In Matthew chapter twenty five, there's a great, rather long description beginning verse thirty one of Matthew twenty five. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then will he sit on the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Yes. He shall set his sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Notice at the end of that, we won't read all that, but at the end of that, he speaks of the wicked. He's, verse 46, these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. Yes. So that's the final judgment, and that's what's going to happen in the final judgment. Okay. Uh, what did our emailers say on that? Jay? Well, we have Ramona, and uh, she says on the day of the, the Lord's uh, on the on judgment day, the Lord shall descend from heaven. She cites First Thessalonians four verse sixteen: the dead shall be raised and the living changed. First Corinthians fifteen twenty two, John five twenty eight and twenty nine. There will be universal wailing, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. All nations shall be gathered before the great judge, Matthew 25, verse 32. No one will be exempt. Then he will separate the sheep from the goats, wheat from the chaff. The great judge will welcome the righteous home, and he will condemn the wicked to everlasting punishment, Matthew 25, Verses 34 and 41. That was Ramona. And she goes on. Judgment will be individual according to man's works. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We will stand alone. Uh, judgment will be complete, including our thoughts and our words. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. We will have no secrets or hidden skeletons as we stand before the judge. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 14. Judgment will be final. Matthew 25, verses 41 through 46. And uh, and there we go. Uh, she asked, does it say in the Bible that the Lord will be coming from the east, and that is why all graves are facing toward the east? Is that true? Do all graves face 
toward the east? I don't think so. I don't know. I got to I got to check that out. I, I I've never heard that. I didn't. I, but my but you I don't have that sense of direction you have, so I wouldn't know necessarily without stopping to think, you know, or have my compass. There. I'm going to I'm going to look at that, Ramona. I I didn't know that, and I I I think I can picture some graves that I are definitely not pointing. Well. How, when you say I when you to, say pointing east, now wait. I, what do you mean pointing east? Do you mean, in other words, if I'm the, the, laying the, the headstone, I'm, uh, the headstone is looking east. Now, my head's up there. There's two graveyards near my home, and I can verify that both of them are facing east. That is interesting. In other words, now when you say facing east, are you saying the headstones would be here's facing the, east? The body's laying here, the he, and the head is here, and the headstone's facing east. Yeah. In other words, that, if, in other words, if the person came straight up out of the grave, out he'd be looking east. Now I don't that that that's, I don't know. I, I'd have to verify. That's on some an interesting other. little thing there. We got to check on that. I can verify for two of them that that's the case. Huh. Okay. okay. All right, Jim and oh, Tim says the ones in his town are. They're all facing east. Okay, it's interesting. That you, I didn't know that. Uh, Jim in Kentucky said, "What will happen when the Lord returns in judgment? He will call forth all those who are in the graves." John five twenty eight twenty nine. All mankind will then stand before the throne of God to be judged by Christ. Second Corinthians five ten. He will then look in the book of life, Revelation twenty twelve, and separate the sheep from the goats, Matthew twenty five, thirty one through forty six, with those on his right hand, whose names are written in the book of life, going on in, unto eternal joy in the Father's house, John fourteen, one through three, and those on his left hand, whose names are not found in the book of life, being cast out into everlasting punishment, Matthew twenty five, forty one and forty six. Okay. Good, Jim, thank you. Right. And Chris, we got an email from Chris. He just simply says it. the earth will be destroyed. And Jesus will not be returning for a thousand years uh, as to reign on earth, as some teach, premillennialism. Uh, we, we have an email, and I didn't get to that. I didn't see this before Patrick. Apologies. I didn't see Patrick sent in a, an email in answer to these questions. He's also in the chat room. But he says, on the last day, all the bodies of the righteous and the wicked alike will be raised and reunited to the souls of the righteous and the wicked. Uh so then it will be, as described in Matthew 25, the righteous and wicked will be parted to the right and to the left. Now, whether this is literal or figurative, I do not know. And then so, body and soul together will be sent to uh, enjoy eternal reward or eternal punishment together. The purpose of the final judgment is multifaceted. But there are at least two main themes here. One is the joining of the body and the soul so that both will be rewar- rewarded or punished together. The other is to show the righteousness of God because God will show the righteousness of his judgment. So the wicked will have no choice but to acknowledge that their condemnation is just and the righteous will stand in awe of the mercy of God. Both the righteous and the wicked together will acknowledge the glory and holiness of God. I think that's right. I, th- I think that's a good thorough description there, uh, Patrick. And in Romans chapter uh, 14, verse 12, uh, verse 14, 11, and 12, it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Yeah, even the wicked are going to acknowledge God. It'll be too late to save their souls in that matter, but but all will acknowledge God, as Patrick mentioned in his email. That is true. And I would uh, I would uh, have uh, an issue with Patrick's belief that, uh, that dead go straight to heaven, righteous dead go straight to heaven now. Uh, from that idea that uh, the dead are going to be raised. First uh, well, Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, for the dead Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive, are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I don't see uh, there that the righteous are, are coming with, with Jesus Christ. right now. They're raised to meet Christ when he comes again. And, and I think also that that's, 
that we read in Revelation 20, mm-hmm. uh, verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the book, in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. It seems clear that the Hadean realm continues, continues until the Lord comes in final judgment. I think Revelation 20, verses 12 and 13 would, would definitely teach that. All right, uh, J- John cites so a passage that may need some explanations. First Thessalonians chapter four verse fourteen. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. What about those that Jesus and God will will bring those with Him? Well, that's that same passage that you just referenced. First Thessalonians yeah, right. four, right. Uh, where it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Yes, but all of that is within the same time frame that Jesus mentioned John five twenty eight. In an hour, mm-hmm. all that are in the dra- uh, graves shall come forth. Okay, they have done good to the resurrection of uh, life, and they have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Okay. Um, let's see here. The point regarding resurrection. John says the point regarding resurrection is this: all those who have died in Christ will return with Him, and those remaining on the earth will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord near. I believe that's what First uh, Right First Thessalonians four is teaching. Okay. All right. Uh, have we covered all our bases? I think we're getting think. close to having the bases covered. All right. We do a couple of things. Uh, we, we will remind you of if if you like that chart. And again, that's not original with us. If you want that chart, where are the dead? That sort of graphically depicts the kind of thing that we discussed tonight send me an email questions at collegeview.com and i will get that to you the, by a pdf the uh, old bed sheet chart has gone high tech and is yeah. now a pdf chart yeah do you and have do you have old bed sheet charts i have i don't have any. you don't have any no. you should they make no. a good point yeah uh and then also uh the question of purgatory we 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 asked patrick to give us some verses that he thinks defends the notion of purgatory and he provided some for which we are thankful and we will save those and put them into our uh, stack of stuff to be considered at a future maybe when we have one of our smorgasbord sort of uh, programs we'll we'll bring up the question of purgatory do these verses uh, uh, actually prove the concept of purgatory as the catholic church teaches and in conclusion tonight first thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 again this idea of death and what happens after death is often a terrifying and frightening thing, but instead, the scriptures tell us it should be a comfort uh, in First Thessalonians 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. We don't have to fear death uh, as a result of Christ's sacrifice. We can take great comfort in the fact that uh, after this life is over, we await a a reunion with Christ and with other uh, righteous people as we uh, will remain with Christ forever in heaven, worshiping our Father. Good. Good. Anything else? I think that's all. I think that covers it. Oh, Patrick says Wikipedia has an article on burial, and there's a subsection on orientation if you want to read a little about the practice of having graves face east. I had no idea. Okay. 
Did you? You no, didn't know either. I, I didn't know that. Well, I, now I, you know. That's, that's news to me. Thank you to our listeners for bringing. I, I've got to check some cemeteries Wade. around here to see if it is exactly that way. Wade is in, in here tonight. He he's showed up. Uh, Wade, you've got to, that that microphone right there is uh, it's it's hot now. Go I just ahead. got I just got one verse I want to share with you. John fourteen, <clears throat> verse two. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Jesus said that heaven is not complete, at least at this point. He's going he, to receive us. He's going to come back and receive right. us. He's going to come back and receive us. And, of course, over in, in oh, First, in first yeah, Corinthians chapter 15, yeah. he tells us he's not going to do that until everything is in. Every, every All has been subjection to his feet. All that has to occur before we can uh, to go to heaven. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, good point. Uh, it says, Then cometh the end. This is First Corinthians fifteen twenty four. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy shall be that shall be destroyed is death. Uh, for he hath put all things under his feet. So on it goes. Okay. So I, I think that's a good point. And I, I especially think you're right about uh, the idea that he's, he's, he's when he comes going again, to receive he, us to yeah, himself. Right. That's yeah. a good, excellent point. You Wade called me earlier this week and uh, was complaining that he didn't listen live and he had comments and he thought he should listen live. But he did one better. He came to the studio that's tonight. Good. And that's so he got, his, he got his thoughts heard. Well, we've had a good discussion tonight, Dad. Yeah. Thank, thanks to everybody who participated. Thank you, uh, Dan, for being behind the controls tonight. And uh, look forward to uh, another edition of the Virtual Bible Study this time next week. Hope you'll make plans to join us then. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.